What is up, beautiful Dynasty Leaguers? Welcome back to the Dynasty Dynamic. I'm your host, Max Cascons, joined by the man who wonders whether he's a bigger DeAndre Swift or Taylor Swift fan, <laughs> a.k.a. the Run DMC, <laughs> a.k.a. Mr. Dan McAuliffe, and by the patron saint of Win Now. The last time you heard him on this show, he had this to say. James Conner was a bad choice. I'm talking about at DFF Moose, a.k.a. Mr. Mike McAuliffe. Gentlemen, how we doing tonight? Ooh, you nailed it. Multi-Swifty over here. Uh, and one of them put out a good fire album uh, in the past uh, couple weeks. And one of them has failed to play football. So I might actually, at this point in time, be uh, leaning uh, one Taylor Swift over DeAndre Swift. But just adding to the pain, Max, that has been... <laughs> the uh the, the the halfway point of this dynasty year it has been brutal i was literally just looking back at like the ir and who's sitting on it right now woof what a just a, a a tragedy of landmines that early on was so hyped for and now as of right now it's just it's so sad to see but i'm trying to muster trying to get through this is uh either the week leading into uh, trade deadlines for a lot of people or uh, is going to be coming up. So this is the last little time to make some moves. So it's going to be an interesting uh, probably next couple days for a lot of uh, leagues out there. Yeah, man, totally. I mean, I know I'm, I've been wheeling and dealing the last couple, couple days with my league mates, but uh, going back to that James Conner point, I will admit that up to that point, he had absolutely been a poor choice. But since then, Eno Benjamin, see you later released bye-bye useless uh james connor coming in with two useful weeks the last couple weeks so i know that kyler's been taking off some time Warzone just came out so i know that he's been grinding hard um you know using the hammy <laughs> excuse so we'll see man cardinals might have to rely on the run game a little bit more maybe james connor could be a league winner who knows <laughs> <laughs> oh, definitely man. not that's what not the case the let's move they, on I, I, from bought that. Him, I bought him in a in a in a win now league right now like it you could go you could be good who knows? we'll see what's happening he's mr exactly. mr fall into the end zone <laughs> double xp points are a hell of a drug so we'll see right, when man. kyler murray makes his <laughs> right. way back to the field but gentlemen it's not just the three of us tonight it is not oh, no. we are joined by former framingham state legend let's you go. know you know I put on my Chad Jackson jersey this weekend and headed down to South Boston to watch the games with this man. I'm talking about none other than Alex Tordai. Buddy, great to have you with us tonight. It's great to be back, Max. Not a day's gone by where I haven't craved being on the dynamic with you guys. And, uh, you know, I'm ready to have a great show. Uh, maybe, maybe throw some jabs, maybe take some as well based off of, uh, some early season predictions that we all had. And, uh, yeah, let's get to it. I love it. We, we had a day in Southie on Sunday, buddy. I'm pretty sure we diagnosed one of your friends with a gambling problem, but the parlay hit. So he gets to keep the house, uh, chatted a lot of, uh, unfortunately his takes. wife and kids won't be in that house. Oh, let's not, let's not air too much out on the dynamic here. Uh, but we, we talked a lot of good takes, a lot of bad takes previewed a lot of what we're going to be talking about tonight. So. I say we just jump right into it, and I'm going to kick it off to one Dan McAuliffe because when a Michael Vick record falls, you can bet that I'm going to lead the show with it. So I'm pulling up the tool of the people, keep trade cut, and up 81 spots 
in the last three to four weeks, Justin Fields sitting at QB seven. Dan, is the rise for real, or do we still need to see a little bit more than a couple game sample size? No, I'm I'm taking it at this point, man. Um, we all we loved his profile. We loved what he was he was able to do over at Ohio, and so we knew the biggest thing that was holding them back was the coaching and just the general front office uh, of the Bears. Uh, that has not been a winning franchise for quite some time, and we've seen plenty of quarterbacks ruined by uh, the the front office and coaching just not utilizing the way that should be utilized. What I would ask right now is look at what he's doing with how little support he has. It can only get better from here. And so now finally being able to unlock his legs, which was literally half of his game, <laughs> to now allow him to do that. Um, he, I mean, he's got some cool tools, and it's it's going to be fun to see the development of Mooney. We were talking about Cole Komet uh, off-air earlier here. Like, he's got some players, but let's not argue that they're alpha receivers that are easy to make a bad quarterback look good. He has excelled beyond his uh, kind of current situation. And when I see a talent do something like that, where the onus is really on them and not the players that they're surrounded by, I'm buying in because I think it really can only get better. And man, am I relieved. The only thing I'm upset about is not getting more shares when the the timing was uh, by season uh, because of the earlier part. He, he really didn't look that great, but man, the kid's on fire now. So I love to see it. And, and by season wasn't super easy, right? Because we have uh, one of the four of us was trying to panic trade him over the first couple weeks of the season. That would be season. Mike. And <laughs> yes, Mike, we're going to get to you. Oh, and because you either sunk a lot into him in a startup or yep. you took him high in rookie drafts, he was a little harder to pry away than maybe like a Jalen Hurts would have been as like a yeah. second, third rounder in rookie drafts a couple of years ago. But I'm with you guys. Like, somebody that was careful with the football at Ohio state had the rushing acumen, had the passing acumen, like just needed some time. Like this is why I love using keep trade cut because it's so over under reactive and it's oh, yeah. like recencybias.com. And so I, I love seeing him this high Mike. He's sitting above your boy, Kyler Murray right now. Are you taking <laughs> Justin Fields over Kyler and dynasty at this moment? It's, it's tough, man. Uh, Probably not yet, just because I do think that Kyler's still a much better passer. I would love to see the Cardinals' offense as a whole with Hollywood Brown healthy with D Hop. I think that when they have that, they could be very, very, very good. Um, but you know, it, I think also with the Cardinals, it's a lot. I, I don't like Kingsbury as a coach there at all at the current moment. I, I don't think that he holds. Um, I, I think, per, per, perfectly honest, I think that Kyler Murray needs an adult in the room there. It does not seem like he's he's a proven leader as a quarterback there. So I think that the talent overall is more impressive with Kyler Murray. But with Justin Fields, just it, knowing that he has another two years on his rookie contract there is great compared to Kyler being locked up to that extension. So that's not really much of a, a game changer for me. Um, I just think that Kyler has way more talent around him. He's shown more up to this point. Give me Kyler at this moment. Torts, you and I played a lot of leagues together. Some would say too many leagues together, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, I know we were both very high on all the quarterbacks or a good amount of quarterbacks in that draft class. Sitting above Trevor Lawrence, he's sitting above Trey Lance, he's sitting above everybody, neck and neck with Joe Burrow. Justin Fields versus Joe Burrow in Dynasty. Who are you taking, bud? 
I'm taking Joe Burrow over Justin Fields. It's not even really a, <laughs> really a discussion there. That's just ridiculous. I mean, uh, the injury potential, the uh, you know, the lack of weapons. I mean, at least I mean, I could see Justin Fields having a four to six year career as a starter and flaming out very easily. Um, but I do think that the potential over the next few seasons is very real if they can actually surround mm-hmm. him with a little bit more help. If they can get a true wide receiver one and give him a better O-line, that offense could be really fun to watch and really dangerous, and Justin Fields could put up a ton of points. So, uh, And then back to Trevor versus Justin. If Justin's ranked over Trevor, I don't. I want to know who's making these rankings because that's just ridiculous. That makes zero <laughs> sense to me. Come on, come on. Like really, Trevor Lawrence ranked underneath Justin Fields, and Trevor Lawrence is getting Ridley back <laughs> next year. Are you insane? Yeah. Who are you? Yeah. Who made you? Who did that? Crowdsource material, baby. <laughs> Konami code quarterbacks, though. That's the only thing that, like, I I agree with you on like a talent basis, like overall longevity standpoint. But you see these rushing quarterbacks like rise up, and in my opinion, I'm always if you are not absolutely like the top two teams contending, trade your rushing quarterback for stability in a long-term quarterback bet. So am I going to take Justin Fields and flip him to Trevor? Probably. I think you can get him for plus right now. And the next, you you said it perfectly towards like rushing quarterbacks, you're going to have them potentially flame out because that's dangerous. You're going to get injuries and all of a sudden that's going to flex out. But is there a world where Fields could outscore Trevor Lawrence over the next two years because of the rushing alone? Yeah. I think so, right? So I, I I like how you kind of point that out, and I think there's a way where if you don't believe in him long term, take that value all day. So so two quick things here. One, because we have four of us, I'm going to make a conscious effort to not speak up on this show unless I disagree, which I kind of disagree here. The second point, <laughs> Keep Trade Cut currently has data points of 7.2 million. I'm pretty sure like 3.4 million of those are Mike alone. So this data <laughs> might be in my box. Yeah. We're not sure. We're not sure how accurate very, this very data true. is. The one thing I'll say I disagree with you guys on is if we're saying who do I want building a franchise to try to win multiple Super Bowls over the next 10 years? I think I'm probably taking Trevor Lawrence. However, we all played a lot of dynasty leagues separately and together. And I feel like I've seen more people in the last two years, push the chips in more and more to go win these leagues than I ever have before. So if you're saying Justin Fields might not be the runner, he is five years from now. Like that's a problem for max Cascons in 2027. I don't really care about that. Like I still think it's a hard decision of whether you prefer these guys that, you know, have the pedigree that a Trevor Lawrence does versus a Justin Fields and the rushing acumen. But I think you can make an easy case to take Justin Fields in dynasty because if he stays healthy the next two to three years, he's probably going to break the numbers that Trevor Lawrence would put up as like a still mobile, but more pocket passer type of player. Yep. No, I don't disagree. That's kind of point I was trying to get across there. Mm -hmm. So let's keep it moving with that class though, because I have a lot of questions on that class. I'm going to keep it with torts. Trey Lance, we've seen him play like four snaps in the (laughs) NFL. Is he somebody you are buying in Dynasty? Trying to sell on the name brand? Like, what do you think 2023 looks like for the Trey Lance experience? Ooh. I still think Jimmy's gone. I mean, barring them winning the Super Bowl, I think Jimmy's out of there. And I don't think the 49ers have the juice to do that. Um 
with the talent they have on that roster, if you add in a mobile quarterback who has an actual arm, it can throw the ball downfield and hopefully also make intelligent, smart decisions with the ball. I mean, the sky's the limit. That's a Super Bowl winning team. Uh, so I absolutely believe that Trey Lance is still worth holding on to if you have him and trying to buy low on him if you can. If you can get Trey Lance for two seconds, I'll, I'll sign that all day. Absolutely. No brainer. If you can get him for a first, that's going to be on the later end. I'd also do that all day as well. Uh, I think that if as long as the keys are handed to him and he can stay healthy, which is key, like that injury, like that was a freak injury. They happen. It happens in football, but it worries me. Injuries worry me. Guys who are injury, uh, who, who get injured in their third game in the NFL. I mean, I don't know what their uh, their track record is coming back from that and how, how often that happens, but I'm a, I, there are certain things that worry me. But as long as he gets the reins of that offense, based off of what I've seen arm talent-wise and who he is as a player, maybe do less designed runs up the middle with him and uh, see where things go. I, I'm, I'm buying Trey Lance right now, absolutely. So let's keep it rolling with the same quarterback class because I, I have a feeling we're all buying Trey Lance right now. I don't think anybody's trying to sell Trey Lance on the low. It's just a weird situation because he's basically like a red shirt first year in the NFL, and then you barely get to see him play when all the hype hits in. But, Mike, I was sitting next to one of Tordy's buddies on Sunday, and it was just the noodle arm Mac Jones show, just talking nonstop trash about Mac Jones. And I think Mac Jones showed enough in his rookie year that I'm still keeping the flame lit. I was not a part of the zappy zombie nation that occurred in New England <laughs> for a couple weeks. Uh, what are your thoughts on Mac Jones these days? Because he's currently hovering on keep trade cut at quarterback 18, one spot above Russell Wilson, but one spot <laughs> below former Russell Wilson backup, Geno Smith. Oh, what a oh my goodness. Alive. What a time it. to be alive. I mean, hey, oh, man, man, if the Seahawks make a bit of a run and and they decide, but, but hey, we're on we're on Mac Jones. I I have to admit, it, like up to this point, what you've seen from him has not necessarily been inspiring, but you could say that about the Patriots' offense as a whole, just in general. You know, right now you're seeing, um, you know, Ramondre Stevenson breaking out as, uh, you know, fantastic three-down back Damian, Damian Harris. Their their running game is strong. So you know that the Patriots are going to always lean on that. Um, Mac has little to zero rushing upside. So, you know, you kind of just know that with him. That's not something that's going to become a potential um, threat to his game. So I think, you know, if you have some league mates that are souring on Mac and not loving what they're seeing, um, especially with the actual football that's happening on the field, I think that, you know, I know that we don't like to get too much into how much your coach is really influencing things, but I, I would venture to argue that Matt Patricia is not exactly the most impressive play caller on the offensive end. <laughs> I think that that's a huge hindrance to Mac's development right now. So I would honestly say that if you can buy low on Mac right now, if someone's willing to give him up for like like a second or something like that, I'm going for that all day because he's going to be a startable QB, uh, you know, for the, at least the next um, six, seven games. And then for two more years after that, I don't see, you know, the Pats really going out and spending big on a Lamar Jackson if he was to maybe be passed up by the Ravens so I think you're looking at a startable QB for the next two and a half years um, which is definitely good enough for me 
Torch, your eyes lit up a little bit when he said starting QB for the next two years. Any thoughts here, bud? I just don't. I'm, I, You know, early on, I liked Mac his first year. But my buddy who does call Matt loving Mac lovingly garbage arm, it wasn't <laughs> garbage arm is what he calls him. Uh, with love though, but with, with love. love, I gotta say, man, I do not think Mac Jones is the guy, and I think Zappy has looked better than Mac in limited time. I I would, I would be that, looking to sell Mac after a few big games, uh, depending on how this year keeps going or even if he you know he's still the guy next year i don't see him as a long-term starter in the nfl i really don't anymore i would um, to, to catch i i would argue or i would agree with the point that he does not seem like a game changer at all the reason i am comfortable somewhat comfortable with saying that he might get another shot for another couple of years is because of um you know, Bill maybe being a bit more stubborn, wanting to stick to his guns, prove that he can make it work here. But at the same time, uh, I agree towards the, the 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 talent is not so incredible to the point where they can't afford to move off of him, especially with the fact that he wasn't a top five pick. He fell to number 15. That's why we took him. So I, I would not be completely shocked if he, you know, gets the cord cut after next year or something like that. But did he fall to 15 or did we reach for him at 15? That is a thousand. I mean, IQ Mac Jones <laughs> was objectively, even if I don't say a great prospect, like a very solid prospect coming out of Alabama, like deserved to go in the first round. I want to get Dan's take yeah. on this because Dan just kind of been making faces while we're all talking in the background. What's your take it, on this? Dan? Uh, he's such an enigma, man. I really only own him in one spot. And my biggest <laughs> thing about him uh, is you see this massive consolidation of value at QB in like the top five to 10. And there's such a need for like, sometimes you're just like, I have super flex. I need to fill this with a quarterback. I need a quarterback to be able to have here. And in my opinion, I mean, you're seeing some like the bottom, like anyone beyond like top 10, like I might start a wide receiver in the super flex spot because I have a better chance of getting some higher upside with points. So it's hard because we've talked about Mac and his style. He doesn't have any rushing upside. He's on an offense that is piecing it together through rushing and defense alone. Uh, I'm I'm becoming harder and harder pressed to want to have him on my team because he might not ever break out of that squishy middle. Like Justin Fields, I was even looking to buy him because he, he was, again, we were talking about him just a while ago. He might not be the, the future of this franchise. They're going to do something different with him, whatever, blah, 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 blah. But he's always had that top five upside. I don't think Mac Jones has that. And so in my teams, the way I'm looking to structure, like I, whenever possible, I'm looking to churn out a couple quarterbacks in terms of quantity for one good in quality, one that I know is going to really have those top uh, seasons. So I don't see that personally for Mac. I would always buy him on the low just because I feel like QBs are overvalued in some of the, f- the formats that we play, especially Superflex. Um, but I would be potentially looking to move off and, and packaging him up to get a better option that I um, would utilize longer term and would have larger upside there. Because as I said, there's plenty of other ways that I might start a, a high upside wide receiver over Mac Jones in my Superflex right now. I will be the one to keep the flame lit for Mac on this show. I'm happy to be that guy. 
I want to play a quick game, though, at the expense of talking Malik Willis and Desmond Ritter. So, Torts, are you okay if we don't talk about your your two favorite quarterbacks from this class? Yep. <laughs> Just, does not look happy about it. Okay, so, Dan, to your point, to your point, I think this is a good topic, like, quickly about roster construction, right? Yeah. Because I think the quarterbacks outside the top, top tiers – are definitely overvalued in Superflex. Like we yeah. see it all the time. Yep. So I want to play a game with you guys and just nod until you're ready to speak up. I'm going to go down keep trade cuts list and you tell me when the list of guys that are franchise quarterbacks stops. Okay. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Justin Fields at number nine overall, Tua, Kyler, Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence, Dak Prescott, Trey Lance, Daniel Jones, Kenny Pickett, mm. Kirk Cousins. <laughs> yeah, it's right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And there are names further down on that list that, like, theoretically are very solid starter. Like, Kirk Cousins is on there. Who was um, after Pickett? Uh, Kirk Cousins was okay. after Pickett. Yeah. 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 Okay. Definitely. Yeah, if, yeah. if Pickett doesn't pan out, definitely after Pickett. It's done. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And, and I mean, like Trey Lance, absolutely not a franchise quarterback. He's played like seven snaps in the NFL. Yeah, exactly. Daniel Jones, I think we've seen that even with the day ball era, they're probably ready to move on. So Excuse me. That's Vanilla the... Vic to you, by the way. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> did you hit Saquon, give him the nickname Vanilla Vic? <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. Um, so, so what did we get to? We got to QB 12 as franchise quarterbacks. And honestly yep. – I don't think Justin Fields should be on that list either. So it's really, it, exactly. I wanted to hear who came afterwards. Exactly. Cause he's like, very if I'm an debatable. NFL, if I'm an NFL general, I want Justin Fields. I have a Justin Fields dynasty. I'm trying to get more Justin Fields in dynasty, but if I'm an NFL general manager, you cannot view Justin Fields as a franchise quarterback at this time. To your exact point, Dan, there's 11 guys you feel great about taking in the first couple rounds of Superflex startups. Yep. And then after that, it's like you're guessing or hoping for some years at the back end of someone's career. Exactly. Exactly. So it, can Mac Jones continue to be valuable in some sense? Sure. Am I looking to probably use him in some fashion to go get one of those 11 guys? Yes. Well, Dan... It's hard to go from a sad note to a sadder note, but I have to do it no. because oh God. Oh, do it. I kind of, I don't know how this became my brand, but like you everybody's paying too much for Kyle Pitts became my brand this off season. And to clarify, this is being recorded on November 22nd. I'm aware of the Kyle Pitts injury. This is not a victory lap. No way is a victory lap. I'm trying to go buy Kyle Pitts right now because I'm hoping other people are down on Kyle Pitts. But man, what a disappointing season from Kyle Pitts and the Falcons to date. Uh, the floor is yours, Dan. Kyle Pitts is your guy. I bought you a Kyle Pitts jersey. I want to hear you your did. thoughts on Kyle Pitts. I'll bust it out next year once things start to shake off and get a little bit better. But I, I got to be honest, too. Still really worried because we talked about these two extremes, right? I outlined at least my thesis for what could happen. Marcus Mariota is awesome. They play themselves out of the ability. And it's again, funny this, to hear that thesis now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's funny. I mean, <laughs> yeah. No, we clearly know that that one isn't uh, one of the ones that suck. But in, in, in the realm of possibility, um, 
Marcus Mariota was a guy that seemed to, at the time, maybe fit some of the play that Kyle Pitts uh, was good at. That is clearly not the case, but we figured, okay, if at least that's the case, Marcus Mariota proves that he can at least show he's a, um, make Kyle Pitts a fantasy relevant tight end. Certainly did not happen. Um, the other one was that they are so bad. You're sitting on Kyle Pitts, but you aren't. It's kind of like the Trey Lance that we never got to see much of anything where, because they were so bad that you kind of blame the team and how they're doing. The Atlanta Falcons sit in this squishy, amorphous middle of they keep winning games because of Arthur Smith, who literally seems to have an absolute vendetta against fantasy football. It, oh my God, I don't think of ever. He's he's he might become my new <laughs> Urban Meyer at some point. You know how I felt about Urban Meyer. Um, they just sit in this awkward in between where. They are playing themselves out of being able to draft a quarterback highly. So Desmond Ritter does come into the conversation as an interesting guy uh, to keep on people's radar because I really do think they're going to play themselves out of getting the top, top quarterbacks. So There's going to be some other ones that they'll probably bring into the mix and then becomes a quarterback battle, whatever. Um, but you got to kind of at least look a little deeper to have some of the hope retained. And it really does come down to more along the lines of when we were talking about Marcus Mariota. Um just like it was previous for a lot of things, uh, his catchable target rate is abhorrent. Uh, he, so many of the balls that were going into Kyle Pitts' way, uh, towards his way, were absolutely not deemed catchable balls there. So I know he's had a few kind of issues and little drops here and there, et cetera, et cetera. I do put the majority of the onus on Marcus Mariota himself. It has just been brutal. Dan throwing one of his boys under the bus. I will. For his to save gotta, I, this is a Sophie's <laughs> Choice moment for me where I got to take either the Hawaiian Stallion or Kyle Pitts, and I got to go with Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is right a physical beast. He is absolutely talented. We are not seeing his best. Um, so he, just like we're saying, he is an absolute buy in so many scenarios. Um, I think you're going to get some frustrations out of owners here. because. But the, the thing that really stinks is so many people bought high on him last season. Yeah. It's just going to become a normal like valuation right now. And people are going to want to only pay the below normal to basement barrel price for him. So I don't think Kyle, I don't, I would be surprised if I see a single Kyle Pitt share moved for the next year yeah. and a half, because it's going to be just this big standoff in value separation. And I don't blame either party. I don't blame people for want, not wanting to buy super high on them. And I don't blame, blame people who sunk the cost in and, and are going to have to deal with that. So, it stinks because there's so much, and I know kind of going on, but this this was a clarification <laughs> moment. I just want to be able to go through. Um, it's it's so hard because the stars had absolute ability to align. He is a an extreme weapon that was so so underutilized, and when he was being tried to tried to be utilized, it just wasn't happening because of the uh, the the talent of Marcus Mariota. So, I believe in it. I think you get a weight on him and see what happens. And if you can buy low, go ahead and do it. Which I Torts, I'll, get, I'll get to you in one second. The best tweet I've seen in the last six months, Dan, is the Arthur Smith uh, talking about Kyle Pitts, and they have the Shooter McGavin quote. Didn't get a chance to see him play. I was too busy winning. Favorite <laughs> yeah. tweet of the last six months. Shout out so to Danny Kelly though. at the Ringer. All That's right, Torts, good. go on. Kyle Torts, Pitts, do it no, he, he, Dan, I, th I think you hit the nail on the head. But the thing that kills me is that I do think that Ritter is 100% a better option for fantasy purposes than than Marcus. We Mariota. said no Ritter, and, Torts. 
he said it first. Find a way. He said I opened it, it first. I opened it Dan up. said Ritter. He said it. Ritter <laughs> is the better option. They've got weapons all over the place on that offense. Drake London looks good. The running back situation looks good. I mean, come on. Give the rookie a chance. He cannot be worse than Marcus Mariota. I, I yeah. don't get it. 44 and nope. 6 college career. Give the guy a shot. Makes I no don't sense. disagree. Because they got to find out. They got to find out sooner rather than later. Because if they're going to be stuck in that squishy middle of, of the draft class, as I was saying, uh, you do not want to go in blind not knowing what Ritter is. If they can give him the, the, the reins the rest of this year and understand either he, he is good and they play themselves out of a, a position to get a quarterback or he's awful and they play themselves back into a situation to go get a quarterback. You don't find that out playing Marcus Mariota the rest of this time here. So that's that's kind of where I, I, I'm with you, Tor. I would love to see Ritter because I think he's got something. And uh, at least at this point, he deserves a chance to go see. Torres, how are you and your dynasty teams going to deal with the inevitability that one of these three players is the quarterback of the Falcons next year? Jimmy G, Derek Carr, or Ryan Tannehill? How do you and the and the Ritter estate, how are you going to deal with that? How many leagues do I own Ritter in? Three? <laughs> I don't know. I want to say there's Jimmy. three leagues I, I own Ritter shares in, and I got him at the end of the first round, end of the second round, and at early second round. Um, so like the draft one. capital was kind of all over the place yeah. uh, <laughs> where I got Ritter, but I will say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I've set myself up where I'll be okay without him, him not hitting. It's going to hurt, but you know, <laughs> it's going to hurt a little bit. Damian Pierce is on the board. And... Right. True or false. Yeah. True or false. Before we move on to the running backs later in the show, did you, or did you not draft Desmond Ritter over Damian Pierce? In one of oh, I did. I did. <laughs> But that was before I saw Damian Pierce on an NFL field in the preseason. And he passed the eye test for me where other people were a little bit more skeptical. I liked what I saw. And I bought. And I'm very happy I did. Hey, hey, spoiler alert. I can't wait for the Texans to Travis Etienne him in the 2023 draft. All right. Mike, do you have anything to add to Kyle Pitts? Because if not, I'm throwing the next tight end your way. Got nothing, man. There's nothing else to add. Well, then let's talk about uber weapon of Justin Fields, Cole Komet. Yeah, man. He's a late bloomer, if you will. Definitely a lot of people drafted um, him, you know, in, in redraft leagues, obviously, but um, even stashing in Dynasty. Uh, and he definitely got off to a slow start. He was not, not involved, but much in the way that Justin Fields got off to a slow start. I think that this, um, you know, newfound offense that they have where Justin Fields running the ball opens up the passing game so much more um, I feel like so um, you know the last three games he I think he's averaging like four catches a game five to six targets a game averaging like 50 yards a game and he's had four touchdowns in his last three games so on the up and up here I think that the the size is there the talent is there I've loved this guy um, you know for the last two years coming out I don't I don't believe I have any shares of him, so I believe that now is not the time to be buying him. He's on the, on the up and up, um, so I'm definitely jealous of people that have uh, you know spent some fab budget on him. And yes, maybe, <laughs> were you in any leagues, him? Mike, where yes. people outfabbed you for? Him? That's that's where we were with Cole Komet at one point. He was that unimpressive to the point where someone felt like they should drop a what 23, 24 year old tight end. I think yeah, I I, I love what he's got going on. I think that he very well could end up by end of year 
uh, solidify himself as a top eight, top ten tight end uh, in Dynasty. I don't know where he's sitting in um, for true. You keep nailed trade it, cut buddy, right because cool. he is sitting at tight end eight on keep trade yeah. cut, right behind, right behind George Kittle. And if I'm being completely candid, at opportunity cost, I think I'd rather have Cole commit. Like I'm gonna have to sink a mid round startup yeah. pick into George Kittle or trade for someone with the name value as I this has been my character on this show for two and a half years guys I'm going to the bargain bin every time I love it every time definitely the 29 year old George Kittle as well let's not forget the age factor how many seasons does he have left is he Travis Kelsey or does he fall apart I think historically he looks like he's going more of the Gronk route which is just really sad because he's one of my favorite players in the NFL Hmm. so dynamic you could argue completely underutilized in that Kyle Shanahan scheme that has him blocking way more than Gronk ever did on the Patriots. Uh, yeah, George Kittle's a tough evaluation for dynasty players right now. Go, going back to Cole Komet, are you selling for an early second? Selling him for no. an early second? Absolutely not. Yeah, selling I'm for doing a late it, first? but that's just, how I, that's just how I play it. I'm just going to grab <clears throat> these tight ends, small sample size, and sell them. Yeah. I'm well, selling for any late first. I mean, I, I, early second, I start to question. But the biggest thing, and again, tell me if you feel differently, you are now seeing the Bears having an opportunity to do Rebo right. They sent a lot of old players off for picks, and they're going to have a huge opportunity to... We said, why do we like Justin Fields? He's doing things without like a big course uh, supporting him in, in, in this role. Cole Komet is getting targets... Certainly because he deserves it partially, but also out of necessity. There's not right. so many other people who are catching the ball there. You could see a stud um, wide receiver and then another one traded in free a- or, or coming in free agency. All of a sudden, that's a crowded situation where the targets that make or that are so valuable to tight ends just starts to disappear a little bit. So in my opinion... You don't know what's going to happen in the next season, but if you can get value out of that, especially if you're not relying him uh, on him for a weekly start, like I'm selling at an uh, at a late a first, easy 20, 23 early second. We're talking, or, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 early second. You know, I yeah, I consider it. I just think, I, personally, for me, I've I've loved the profile for him coming up into this year. It was definitely frustrating to watch the first half of the season with the Bears yeah. in aptitude, but I feel like. I do feel like, in a sense, he it was it was expected and designed that he would be part of their passing offense. I don't think it's just out of necessity, personally. So I definitely think I would I would hesitate. I'd probably need a little bit more, but I think you're right. You're right around the ballpark. Um, if we're talking mid mid second or anything later, no for me. First of all, could, I'd be blown away if anybody's offering you more than a second round pick totally. for Cole Komet. Even even in tight end premium leagues. Yep. Shout out shout out Bewick, wherever he is right now. <laughs> First Bewick shout out on the dynamic. I love it. You know Ethan's gonna smile when he listens to this show. You could you could take that pick and get Michael Mayer. You know, so like this that's that's a huge opportunity. And then like you right sell now. Michael Mayer for an early second and the <laughs> cycle continues, Dan. Patty's bucks, baby. Patty's bucks. Patty's bucks, exactly. It's it's a self sustaining economy. They come back and they buy more patties dollars. You sell a tight end and they come back and buy more tight ends. It's how economy works. No, that uh, is literally I mean, you guys, you all play in so many leagues with me. Like, do I ever oh, yeah. have a good starting tight end? I have one league with Mark Andrews because I traded Kyle Pitts for him plus. Yeah. And and that's it. But like no. I never have a good tight end. We talked about the work. consolidation of talent at the top of quarterback. Holy heck. It's it's Travis Kelsey 
and everyone else. <laughs> so unless you bought Travis Kelsey, everyone's yeah. just kind of trying I'll, to make I'll it throw, work at tight end. I'll throw a healthy Mark Andrews in that conversation too, but yep. I, it's really just those two guys. Yeah. Holy crap. I think the next league I'm starting is just going to where it's normally a tight end position, just have tight end slash wide receiver. And you don't even have to play a tight end. Man. That sounds like it, my kind of league. I, I, yeah. <laughs> Yo, let's start it. Tord I will collect take, the money and we'll headaches. move on from there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen. I knew we were going to run long because we're already like 35 minutes into the show because Torts is here and I love chopping it up with Torts. Uh, I'm going to give you guys an open-ended question and I want to go round robin on this. You're picking a rookie wide receiver from this class to be on your team for the foreseeable future. Obviously, these things don't last forever in Dynasty, but not just this season, a guy that you want to have a clear horizon on. Dan, I'm going to go to you first. Who are you taking out of the rookie wide receivers that you've seen so far? Oh, man. It's it's so hard because one of the guys I was highest on um, was Traylon Burks, and I absolutely have a flame lit for him um but it is extremely hard i i feel like i'm cheating because i'm getting to say it first it's extremely hard not to be super high on chris olave um with everything that he has done so far with this season uh it's you got to bring into the questions of like what is the future continue to look like and qb there are no answers there right you have james wills uh, winston who's sulking in the uh sulking in the clubhouse there because uh he had been told that he wouldn't lose his job due to injury uh he has lost his job due to injury you have my soul uh, Andy dalton out there my soul hurts. i know oh god i feel feel for that man um and then you got dalton you know he's a journeyman he's not going to be sticking around there for long so it is it's hard to kind of see what the future is but you do see that um Michael Thomas is definitely going to be on his his way out. Uh, didn't get to play for the majority of this year. Uh, continuing to have to be on IR with surgery, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you could very likely see him being a locker room presence at best, kind of going forward for some of that or getting traded off to some other team. So just like look super bright um, in terms of his future. Um, you, you, you have to hope and imagine that the Saints are going to turn it around, figure out something with the QB situation. But it is a little scary because they gave away a lot of their capital to go get Chris Olave. Um, but at least the beauty of it here is uh, even if they do keep the same quarterbacks, look at what he's doing. Right. I mean, you can't ask for too much more for you would always hope to really unlock him for the foreseeable future. And they'll find some way to do that. Um, but I've been a, a big fan of being able to see what he's uh, able to do. I thought he would be. It's, it's funny, I thought you'd be sitting in the middle of the conversation um, if we were to have this conversation fast forward uh, to, to this point. You'd be like, oh, Chris Olave's doing his thing. He's kind of in the middle. He's not super impressive, but he certainly isn't a dud. That's how I thought Chris Olave was going to be. Uh, he's leading the pack uh, against all these guys right now. So it is very fun and interesting to watch. And, and if he can continue to do what he's done and build on this past season, uh, I think he's going to have a fantastic career. All right, Mike, you're up, buddy. Yeah, man. Um, you know, just thinking of the guys that even come to mind in general, uh, you're talking, this is a competition between Drake London, Chris Olave, Traylon Burks, and Garrett Wilson. I still think that even though he is on the team that any player goes to die, the New York Jets, except for Brees Hall, um, I still think that he deserves to be at least mentioned in this conversation. I do think I would totally agree right now, Chris Olave, I'm going with him. As we always, again, I always say targets 
are earned, not given. It's not like just because the targets are open, just because MT's been hurt, Chris Olave's been popping off. He's been doing it with subpar QB play. Love seeing it. I definitely think that um, Traylon Burks has a chance to start pushing uh, for that, um, you know, for 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 impressing people much more than he has up to this point. Obviously, he's been hurt. I think that Drake London is looking, even though his schedule is looking pretty pretty juicy for the end of the year, I don't think that things are going to improve much for him. So I think come year end, it could be very close between Olave and Burks. And I do think that London is going to take a backseat, even though preseason I had London ranked the highest for sure. Um, but give me Olave at the moment. All right, Torts, you're up. We had this conversation on the couch on Sunday, so I'm really hoping you don't steal my answer here. Let's hear it, bud. No, I would never do such a thing. Um, for me, I got to say, uh, if we were talking just the rest of this year, I'm probably going to go with uh, just for the rest of this season, and then I'll say my long-term answer. Rest of the season, I'm going with Christian Watson for the rest of this year. I think I like that it. I like it. they need a true wide receiver one. He has shown yeah. to be the only guy that can do it for the Packers. And he potentially could do it for a very long time. And one of the reasons where I'm not even considering him, where he's not going to get the long-term pick, is because I don't know how long Rodgers is going to be there. Yes. And how long that magic is going to be there. And that makes me wary about him a little bit. But for the rest of this year, I could see him having like an Elijah Moore-esque uh, end of the year where he's just racking up all these targets, all these yards, all these touchdowns. And he seems like he's taken that step to become a real NFL wide receiver. I am, I'm definitely big on Christian Watson long-term. I think it's Drake London. He profiles like Mike Evans. I don't want to give up on him yet because of terrible quarterback play. And actually I'm worried about Alave because for the very reason he has been great this year, he has two quarterbacks that can absolutely sling it. What happens when the saints screw up and they draft the next Zach Wilson? And, and this guy can't get the ball to Olave. What happens then? Because they've got two guys that can absolutely sling it, who both can yep. be top-tier numbers quarterbacks. When they we're talking about putting up numbers, obviously interceptions and the bad plays and the head scratchers, they're going to be there. But for a fantasy perspective, for wide receivers, Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston are good for your wide receivers, fantasy-wise. Yeah. So Agreed. there is, there is, I, and I own Alave in one of our leagues that we're in together. So it, it worries me, but, but London, I feel like is the safe bet. We've seen a lot from him, uh, with probably the, one of the bottom four quarterbacks arm talent wise in the NFL, if not the worst arm talent wise, is that fair to say? Yes, Maybe. Zach Wilson. <laughs> Zach Wilson's right be. there. Yeah. Shout right out Bewick for trading company. for him. Good company. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, shout out Bewick. They're, they're definitely shout out Bewick. Thanks for Alec Pierce. Shout out Bewick. That's the name of the show. Is shout out Bewick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where I'm at. Sorry, I hope I didn't steal anything, Max. These no, these are the moments sitting in the host chair that I cherish because I do get to blindside these guys a lot, making the show, crafting the storylines, asking leading questions. But the best part was when Mike said, "This is a four-person race. It's Drake London, Traylon Burks, Garrett Wilson, and Chris Olave." Because Mike activated my trap card. Because I've thought about this a lot, guys, and I'm going with the guy who, if we rewind to 2019 was supposed to be the guy in this class. And I'm talking about five-star recruit 
700 yard true freshman season at georgia george pickens i was worried about george pickens with the injury goes to the combine shows the athleticism is still there and you know me i'm typically a numbers guy and i tend to be on more conservative on this stuff but you look at First of all, I know Torts loves Kenny Pickett. So if Torts likes him, you know, maybe there's something there and he's got someone him slinging him the rock on a consistent basis. But if you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers track record of developing wide receivers, one of those things that's just so hard to quantify. And you look at a guy that had a great profile, was supposed to be the Adonis of this class, has been awesome in limited samples this year. I'm rolling the dice. The alpha profile, not that Traylon Burks and Drake London don't have it, but I'm shooting for the upside. I'm I'm going George Pickens. And I've thought a lot about this because I had Traylon Burks, number one. He's been injured. You know, we don't exactly know what the team's going to do with him. I think I'm taking the mild black box prospect of George Pickens, even though the profile from college, like the raw mm. counting stats, don't support any of this. But you got to look a little bit deeper, right? Yeah, man. I, I, no, I personally love it. I, I didn't even – I don't know why I didn't think of Pickens because I do – think that he deserves to be in the conversation but i, I did activate the trap clearly you it. don't mike <laughs> i clearly <laughs> don't my previous there's an even bigger not, dark horse who is there's it? an Who's even that? bigger dark horse than pickens is there not i mean are we completely forgetting about jameson williams <sighs> yeah 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 no absolutely nobody mentioned him yet i'm not <sighs> taking jameson williams but from a you, strict is value that, standpoint is that your is that what? your number two after drake london he you look very be. serious right now. He could be. I just want to see him in one NFL game, and I'll tell you. At the very least, just, it's good that we will see him. He's coming back, right? Like, next couple weeks at least. Yeah, I think he's uh, – yeah. I mean, if he hits, he will hit in a big way. Like, that – the type of player that he is is so interesting to evaluate him as a guy that had no production at Ohio State, but it's so easy to explain why, right? Because that wide receiver room was just absolutely loaded. And then transfers to – it's not like he went to Coastal Carolina and started lighting it up. Like he literally transferred to Alabama and was going up against the best cornerbacks in college football. So I like Jamison Williams too, but I am going George Pickens for the moment, rolling the dice on the guy that was supposed to be the guy. Um, Towards, let's cover Qu- Christian Watson real quick. Talk to me a little bit more about him long-term because – Christian Watson is the kind of player that I'm usually not that into when, when you're that type of athlete and you do nothing at that level of competition in college, like probably not a guy I'm going to be super high on. What have you seen from Christian Watson? Well, who hasn't thrown, who was throwing him the ball? You know, that's, that's what Trey you have Lance. to realize. Trey Lance was throwing him the ball. Yeah. But once Trey Lance was gone, who was throwing him the ball? Oh, I don't know who was after Trey Lance. <laughs> exactly. That if Trey Lance stayed one more year, that's probably well over a thousand yards season for for him and d1aa football it isn't as far off from d1a in total as as you would think obviously the sec is kind of in a different ball game but in terms of d1aa to d1a it's it's not like the top levels of it it's not that big of a difference christian watson though i mean athletic profile i mean he profiles like calvin johnson right Uh, he's got everything that you look for he's starting to make the catches he's like that he caught that deep ball from rogers which he dropped in week one he he redeemed himself for me and caught the next one let's hope that trend continues and if it does 
I mean, we're talking about a wide receiver that can do a lot of stuff. He took a lot of end of rounds back in college. He he can run a pretty solid route tree. He's not the most polished route runner, but he gets open just on his pure athleticism alone. And I, I think that with Aaron Rodgers there, if he continues to, you know, Brady to Gronk him, if you if you will, like be that that goat who's like, you know he's all over Christian Watson right now. You know he's saying, like, if we're going to be anywhere, I need you to be the guy. Like, you know he's saying that. If he's not say, saying that, he's not doing his job. And that, if you're getting motivation from the GOAT and he's gaining confidence in you, it's contagious, you get that love factor going, I think that Watson's going to have a very, very good remainder of the year. And he's had the best back-to-back weeks of any rookie wide receiver, so I don't see why he doesn't have the highest ceiling of anyone in this in this draft class for the rest of this year. Long-term, again, if Rodgers stays there, I could see him being really, really good. And hopefully by the time Rodgers is done and leaves Green Bay, he'll have cemented himself as a true wide receiver one and have a very long and uh, long and, and uh, very good, uh, strong career ahead of him. So he, he let me let me ask you this. He kind of reminds me, just thinking of recent memory, of Chase Claypool a little bit, right? Like just in terms of didn't do a ton at the college level compared to some of the other prospects tested out like an insane athlete had an incredible rookie year. Like there was chase Claypool was surging up boards yeah. after his rookie year. And then where are we now with chase Claypool? So you make some compelling arguments, especially if Rogers stays in town, right. And you have like, what, what is a franchise quarterback on a year to year basis? We don't know how he's going to be there, but somebody that can still sling it, throw into him. I think that's a compelling argument. I just get, like I said, more on the conservative side of like these guys that didn't show me what I wanted to see in college, especially four years at NDSU. Um, you know, just just kind of being more conservative with it. I think. Yeah. No, I understand. It is gonna be, Go ahead. It, 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 it's just going to be interesting too, because towards how do you feel like Romeo Dobbs was the thing, right, for the first half of the season when you were looking at who Rogers was actually targeting for wide receiver. Dobbs goes down, and then he's going to be returning probably in the next like two weeks or so. So would you like, do you still feel confident that he's going to be like the go-to best wide receiver to be able to have when you do have another guy who's coming back that was earning like eight targets, nine targets, five bare minimum targets for a lot of those games. Um, Cause right now you're right. Christian Watson is the dude. He's the guy, but he was being like dropped by a lot of people in certain uh, areas because Dobbs was showing that he was earning the respect of Aaron Rodgers. So does that toss a wrench in the system for you or? Hey, sometimes when opportunity knocks and you answer the door, I mean, everything kind of changes, right? Right before Dobbs is clearly ahead of Christian Watson. Christian Watson went through camp injured. Let's not forget. We didn't get to see Watson all preseason because of injuries. He needed some time to catch up, and that's okay. You know, these guys aren't robots. They're coming out of college, and Christian Watson's coming out of D1AA. Justin Jefferson is absolutely a robot. I don't care what you say. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is fair. Fair enough. Justin Jefferson is a robot. But I do, you know, I think that there's a learning curve there, and I feel as though he's gotten to the point where he's established himself, certainly as the better option, I think, than Alan Lazard right now. Um, and I would have taken Alan Lazard on par with dudes for the rest of the year. So I, I'm, I'm fully on board with Watson as number one. Maybe we'll do a show in the future where you guys can uh, crack some jokes at my expense, but I'm all in on Watson now. Right. On. I, I think it's, it's clearly like there's, there's, you know, 
evidence for both sides. I feel like this is a player that you and I are going to be texting about for the next two years when there's the good and the bad. So we'll, <laughs> we'll see how it plays out, but I do want to move on to what's pretty much always my favorite position to talk about on this show, yeah. the running back position and keep trade cut gentlemen has itself a fancy new RB one an RB one that has a certain member of the four of us right now. <laughs> tossing up some middle fingers in his video box <laughs> i'm gonna throw it to him but i want i want to put an interesting twist on this torts i want you to say because we had a lot of text conversations about kenneth walker i want you to say what you think i said about kenneth walker and then ask matt ask dan and mike if they agree with what you've <laughs> saying that i said about kenneth walker uh and i'll quote and i quote I just don't see it with Kenneth Walker. I just I just don't see it. He had one year of production at Michigan State. He came from Wake Forest, did absolutely nothing, had only absolutely one year not. of production. And I just don't don't see it. I think it's 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 overhyped. And uh, I'm just I just don't think he's anywhere in the same stratosphere as Brees Hall as a prospect. It's really Brees Hall and everybody else in this draft class. And uh you know, Kenneth Walker second overall. Ugh, I don't know about that. Uh there's a, there's so much Kevin Kenneth Walker talk, Max. Oh, <laughs> Stick up the files. That, I won't that, even guys, throw am it I to, on point on that. I won't even throw it to Mike and Dan because that's all true. I didn't know how far off base you were gonna take it, or if you would. I said all those things, and it did. He did nothing at Wake Forest for two. We're talking like four or five hundred yard seasons, and sixteen hundred yards, kind of out of nowhere. And I still stand by that from an evaluation standpoint of like Brees Hall, we knew was going to step in and we saw it in the couple weeks, like command 10 targets as a running back. And anybody who owns Austin Eckler right now on their fantasy team can tell you how important those targets are on a week to week basis. So I will fully say, I did not think they were in the same tier at all between Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker. Hmm. And Right now, it's looking pretty good for Kenneth Walker. One of those guys doesn't get to share an NFL field right now, so I'm a little upset about that. But, uh, yeah, I will give you credit where credit is due. You were all over Kenneth Walker, and you argued with me that they were a lot closer than I think. And through, I mean, we haven't, we've haven't we only seen one of them for a couple of weeks, but through half of an NFL season, it's looking like you were more right than I was. Yes. <laughs> Say it, Max. Oh, yes. Same, exactly. This <laughs> is recorded, like Tordai. You can you can play this back anytime you want. Oh, <laughs> you guys! I knew this I've conversation got a jar of coconut was coming. Waiting <laughs> by my bed stand, and uh, I'll probably but, play this clip on repeat and just uh, have myself a ball. Uh, anyway, um, so I. I will say though, like like all the athletic numbers, everything I saw from him, I watched a lot of tape. I loved everything about Kenneth Walker. I felt in any other draft class, you know, clear cut RB one, like no doubt about it for me. I love the way he profiled. I was very, you know, I Max almost made me feel dirty for taking him. At times. <laughs> like I. I was shamed, honestly, <laughs> lying naked on the floor. I was shamed. But you know what? I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I, I, I went for it. Brees Hall, to your credit, would be the number one keeper running back, dynasty running back, if not injured. I, I don't see that changing without the injury. But K-Walk, still number two. So Let me let me ask you this, Torres, just out of curiosity. So let's let's 
keep in mind that all this analysis was done, whatever, up until the beginning of the season. Obviously, I'm a huge Rashad Penny fan. He looked electric in this offense, too. Everything took way more of a step forward than we were anticipating. Like, show me the tweet where someone said Gito Smith would be leading Superflex championship teams. Like, it's not out yeah. there. It does not exist. So, just out of curiosity, all this electricity is rookie year. Do you think some of that's fueled by the offense just being way better than anticipated? Or do you still think it's just, I was wrong and they were 1A, 1B basically the same guy in this draft class. I think I think you were wrong, and it's 1A and 1B. I mean, watch the way he plays, like the cuts he makes, the stuff he does, it's special. He's a special running back, and I think that he would be succeeding in any offense in the NFL. I mean, look at what Damian Pierce is doing in Houston. If Damian Pierce can do it in Houston, Kenneth Walker can do it in Houston, and they're the worst team in the NFL right now, right? So in my mind, I think Kenneth Walker, with his breakaway ability – with, you know, the talent he has around him, I'm not trying to uh, take that away. Obviously, the offense has been very good. I think that he's just still one of those guys that that is a top-tier talent at the running back position, and he's going to be a staple, uh, barring any sort of injury uh, or, you know, drug addiction or any, anything crazy <laughs> for, for the next five years. So, yeah. All right, Dan. Jonathan Taylor or Kenneth Walker? Jonathan Taylor. Mike. <laughs> Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker? Brees Hall. Torch. Like barely. Travis Etienne. Or, no, I'm just kidding. I know you're saying Kenneth Walker. <laughs> uh, actually, I would, this say, I would actually say Kenneth Walker over Jonathan Taylor. I think JT was the most overhyped RB1 we've seen in a long time. Really? So, I mean, I'd probably go JT. <clears throat> I feel like that's that's a little bit of recency bias as it goes along. He put up a phenomenal year. He's still like it. Let's say everything's closed in a little bit, right? I mean, there is definitely a, a whenever you have a chance to really sell high on a, a someone who's being lauded as the immovable RB one, QB one, etc. Always seems like a pretty good time to sell because there's always a reconsolidation, right? I think everyone's a lot closer. But I do feel like JT still leads the pack a little bit. Um, not by not not saying by much though, because I feel like you have seen uh, a lot of others prove their prove their worth over the past season. Towards, I just texted you a link uh, when you have a chance to check it out. It's uh, a 200 yard game from former Seahawks running back Thomas Rawls. Just to remind <laughs> us all of small sample sizes. Uh, no, that's all I'm saying is like it's eight games, right? Like yeah. I'm here to tell you, you are right. Eight games, whatever, half a season. I'm, I'm rounding from old 16-game numbers. But it's like we're half a season in. Let's see a little more. But the thing that's impressed me the most to hopefully round out this conversation is he's been catching passes, which is something yeah. I didn't think he was going to do. Yeah. Didn't catch passes at Wake Forest. Didn't even catch passes when he was at Michigan. So he's catching passes. If that continues, you will be right. If it doesn't continue, we'll have this conversation a year from now. But <laughs> since we're already at the hour mark and we got more to cover – I want to move on to a, another fun player because we have <laughs> not one, not two, but two and a half Antonio Gibson fans on this show. And that half <laughs> a fan is Mike because Mike treats Antonio Gibson like that ex-girlfriend that he broke up with and just trashed to all his friends for like three weeks. And then he shows up with her at Thanksgiving dinner and just sweeps it all under the rug like nothing happened because... 
Mike was leaving Antonio Gibson for dead. Torts and I have been for on good this reason. corner all year for long. For great reason. For good reason. <laughs> for great reason. Uh, when it's value. Nope. We'll keep, not we'll only going. have we been on this corner, we have podcast material to show for it. Antonio Gibson will be a top 10 running back this year. Take the floor, Torts. Talk to us about how good Antonio Gibson is and how wrong Ron Rivera is with the schemes he puts together. Oh, God, I hate it so much. <laughs> this guy profiles just like a Jonathan Taylor, you know? Big, strong, fast. He can catch all the ball as well as... Played uh, wide receiver in, the... in Memphis! Dude, he's unbelievable in so many ways. Yes, he has a fumbling problem. You give him time to work on that. I think the Brian Robinson hype was all to scare him, to be fair, to, to try to get him to take that next step. And I think Ron Rivera is a terrible coach, to, to be <laughs> also completely fair. Um, Thank you I, for saying that. I have to say, though, like like Antonio Gibson reminded me of a potential like McCaffrey light, right? A guy that can run the ball, be explosive, catch the ball, line up at – at the slot, out wide, you can do so much with a guy like that, and he's so valuable. And it, you're a bad coach if you can't figure out ways to use that guy and and make him your RB one. He's playing 46 percent of snaps right now, and he's number six in the NFL in receiving yards for running backs. Number eight in receptions. Mike and Dan, as the well half a Gibson fan and then the notorious Gibson hater on the show. I'm going to give you guys a chance to defend yourself, but I think Antonio Gibson is still a buy in dynasty right now because he was falling and falling in drafts. Brian Robinson is still there. Hasn't really looked that great to me. Awesome story from like a human perspective, like go that guy to get shot and be on a field, you know, half an NFL season later, but I'm all in on Gibson still, especially at the cost. So I got a couple things to say. I don't think oh. any apologies do. Because what I how I treated the Antonio Gibson situation is people were treating him like a top twelve dynasty back at the end of the offseason and during the, the, the middle of the offseason before Brian Robinson got drafted. At that point that's that is where I pivoted and I traded Antonio Gibson for Joe Mixon in a second. I think would have been the deal that I would have made at that time. Because I felt as though to Tord's point I didn't think that the commanders had it all th uh, figured out at that point and definitely felt like the warning signs of them clawing J.D. McKissick back, that was awful for Gibson's value. And I felt like that was going to really play a role in people souring on him. And you saw the first like third of the season, Gibson didn't really do much. Like it, it's things were not looking good for him, which at that point. I went out and bought a couple shares of Antonio Gibson because I this do believe This is where the half it. a fan logic no. comes in. Mike. And I half do believe fan. if you listen back to our bold prediction show when Tordai came through with a spicy take, I was the one that was most on his side. So I will say that. I have always loved the talent. It's all about situation and dynasty value. That's where I started to sour on Gibson where I felt like he was being way overvalued to what was actually going to end up happening during the NFL season. Before I throw to Dan real quick, was it so crazy, Mike, if we look back, let's rewind a year. Antonio Gibson is 23 and a half years old and he's had, he's finished number 16 and number 17 in points per game as a running back. One of those seasons playing through basically a fractured leg. Kenneth Walker's already the RB one on keep trade front. Was it really that crazy to think Antonio Gibson was a top 15 dynasty running back back I then? I don't think it was crazy. And I do, th I really do recall it being like he was RB 10 to 12 on, on keep trade cut throughout the, the off season. 
I just felt like the usage wasn't going to be there. Everyone kept on wanting him to take that next step up into the CMC usage. That's Kenneth Walker is getting serious usage right out the gate. I think that that's where the difference is, and I think that people were really hoping that the pass-catching role would open up for Gibson, which it now has due to J.D. McKissick being out for like five to six weeks now. So I think that he did catch a break. His value caught a break there. If McKissick was healthy this whole season, I don't think we'd be having a similar conversation about Gibson. Unfortunately, and that's Ron Rivera's fault, not Gibson's. (laughs) I saved you for last, Dan. Let's, Let's hear it. Any Gibson thoughts? Any at all? Honestly, I mean, I I would be foolish to say I'm not super impressed. Um, I'm I'm happy for him because he's he's definitely kept uh, his value um, as compared to where we thought it was going to be over the course of this year. I'm 100% with Mike. We would not be having this conversation if certain things didn't go certain ways. Um, no one expected Brian Robinson to get shot. No one expected uh, McKissick to end up uh, going on IR. Like, this has helped Antonio Gibson's situation. Just like we were talking before, out of necessity, so many other things have happened there. He is not as good as, in my opinion, at between the tackles. I think he's a fantastic receiver. I think he has some work to do, and it usually does stem from his inability to hold onto the ball properly um, when it comes to fumbling and actually rushing. I think he and Brian Robinson make a very nice complement to one another. I think they're going to cap each other's upsides uh, going forward, but I think Antonio Gibson, uh, Max, to your point, is, is probably a buy because I think uh, he's going to have more spikiness to his game than a lot of people would want in an RB1. Um, but for someone as your RB2 with upside that can have some game-breaking weeks, I'm in, man. Like, I, I, I can't keep denying and saying that I, I'm, I'm not fully in on it. I think he's done enough to prove that he can be extremely talented. I just don't think you're ever going to see the massive utilization that brings him to your Austin Ecklers, your CMCs, etc. Because I think he does lack some of that rushing as compared to uh, them. But he has fantastic receiving prowess. And I don't think Torts or I are saying he's nope. going to reach and then the, I'm not the saying CMC but, like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I love when I'm scrolling through Keep Trade Cut and I am trying to transition to something else and I get stopped. They are literally neck and neck right now on Keep Trade Cut. Do you want to guess, Dan, which one of them is higher? Uh, uh, sorry, that's uh, who? Brian Robinson Brian and Antonio Robinson Gibson. Antonio Gibson. And my guess is Brian Robinson by hair. 27 and 28. Who yep. are you taking in Dynasty, Dan, right now? Antonio Gibson or Brian Robinson? Gibson is still proven otherwise. Okay. All right. Phew. I like yep. that. <laughs> I, I have them very close. Uh, I'm not going to say that. I, I have, But again, one has a track record of two RB1 to RB2, high-end high RB2 seasons. The other one does not and is coming off a, a leg injury. I believe in Brian Robinson, the prospect, but I'm taking Gibson there. Torts. Wow. You got your moments on these shows. You got wow. your moments, but we're going to sandwich in some of the lesser moments because you told me that Clyde Edwards Hilaire was good at football and Dan and I have been on the not so Clyde Edwards Hilaire train since day one. One of the few dynasty anythings I listened to that had Jonathan Taylor RB one in that class. You can check the tape. We were there the whole time. I, I had to scroll considerably to find him on keep trade cut Currently sitting at RB54 and keeping it real goes way too wrong towards. Talk to me a little bit about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Okay, so Clyde Edwards-Hilaire just got hurt. He had a game where he didn't get carries. 
this sort of stuff's going to happen. He's still 23 years old. He has a long career ahead of him. I don't think he's done. I do, I do think that he's not ever going to be a top 15 back again. I could see a world where he's a top 25 back for sure. Um, just on the passing output alone, because Isaiah Pacheco is not a pass catching back. Um, you know, it's just a standard run the ball, cloud of dust. Very fast though and explosive, which if you were to combine him and yeah, if you combine Clyde and Pacheco, you'd have a very good running back. But you can't do that. <laughs> Unfortunately. Um, the science we, we're working on the technology. Yeah. Yeah, we're it's getting exactly. close. Yeah. What a time to be alive. Yeah, Clyde Clyde is going to have his moments, and I think just as a pass catcher will still be good. I think he got hurt. He had a game where they didn't play him, maybe not the game plan for him, and he got hurt. He had some really great games to start out the year. I don't we don't know if he's hurt or what's going on with him. We don't know. So he, they... he flashes, but that's every year, three years in of Clyde Edwards hilarious, like one or two games and then a complete disappearance. So I we're like I said, I mean, I knew we were going to run long. We're running along this whole show. I'm just going to read you some running back names that are above him. Just you. And I want to hear your take. So Kenny Gainwell or Clyde Edwards Hilaire? Uh, I would take Clyde for sure. Cam Akers or Clyde Edwards Hilaire? Oh God. So gross. Uh, Where we've come. I know it's so brutal. God. God Cam Akers uh, RB 49. So don't worry. I'm in this boat dude, with you. Yeah, right. Exactly. I, I don't know. That's a tough one. I mean, I think Cam Akers just needs a fresh start. Maybe. Thank you for saying that. I don't, I don't know <laughs> though. He, he, I, I've watched tape on him this year and nobody is missing holes like Cam Akers is this year so because <laughs> they rushed him back on that achilles man give him one more year they I'm had holding out lit, he had all off season to get it right i don't think it's his achilles i think he won a super bowl partied all off season and he did not come back the same player that's my honest take on it i i can't say that for sure but man when you win a super bowl and you're a young player like that maybe you go a little bit crazy i don't know uh we don't know what's happening behind the scenes if there's anything personal going on but wow what a fall. I thought after that that playoff run, because he looked great in the playoffs, uh I would I would have expected him to come back and have a top fifteen season as a running back. So you and me both, brother. Isaiah right. Spiller or Clyde Edwards Hilaire? I'll I'll take Oh God, Spiller. Oh God. Um probably Cl- Clyde Clyde over Isaiah for sure. Okay. James Robinson or Clyde Edwards Hilaire? Ooh. Oh, uh, Clyde, because James just got traded to the Jets, who are getting haul back. When is James Robinson's contract up? Uh, he was an unrestricted free, or sorry, he was an undrafted free agent. So typically, it's a three-year contract. So I think he's a free agent after this. So may actually, you know what? I'll probably go J J Rob. Roll the dice on the landing yeah. spot. Yeah, Stick he's, him on the he's a very talented a guy. committee. Talented. Yeah, he's very talented. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can catch the ball. I, I I'll go J Rob on that. All right. This one's for Ethan. Donta Foreman or Clyde Edwards Hilaire? Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Okay. These guys are all above Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I'm just reading I know. it on No, I know what you're doing. Yes. Yeah. Tyler Algier. <laughs> I or don't Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Okay. Uh, I'll take Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move back to the fun stuff then. And then we'll get Mike and Dan some more. I just want to also this. point out really quickly, though, that Keep Trade Cut also dropped Antonio Gibson down. 60 spots and he just shot back up 60 so oh yeah 
No, you it know, is 100% I'm, the most volatile platform in so existence. look into Mike's mind is what you're getting when <laughs> no, you go to No, it's a look into how gone. can I manipulate my league mates' minds. <laughs> Sometimes I think you manipulate your own mind, to be fair. That's Greg Gray. Shout out Greg Gray. <laughs> way too many trades. <laughs> okay. He'll appreciate that. Shout out to Bewick, by the way. Just shout out to Bewick. Right, yeah. uh, back to the fun stuff. Dan and Mike... You both traded Damian Pierce to Mr. Alex Tordai sitting before us. Yes, sir. He is currently sitting at RB9. How we feeling, boys, about those first rounders that you got for the, the keep trade cuts RB9 right now? <laughs> I at least got a player. <laughs> you did. But, well, yeah, but you no. got a very late first. Too. Hey, absolutely. Absolutely. Dan, you want to kick it off? <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, so again. Certainly, it was a process move to be able to at least get some value out of it. I, I think Damien Pierce has been looking fantastic. Um, but it's so hard because um, Elijah Mitchell was looking fantastic last year. James Robinson the year before. You've seen fantastic players, and some of it's, it happens with the injury, etc. But there is a certain premium that comes with being a highly drafted running back. Um, Houston Texans are going to have some draft capital going into next year. I don't trust them always as a franchise. You've got to figure they're going to be using one of those as a quarterback. Um, but you, as you were kind of alluding to earlier, Max, you can get Travis Etienne, and all of a sudden you're like, where's the process in that? And they're like, we got to put butts in seats. We need a, a running back that's fresh and new and shiny. Is that your impression of the Houston Texans organization? <laughs> <laughs> your impression of the Houston Texans. The owner has a big old belt um, buckle and a top. <laughs> exactly. Big old 10-gallon hat. Just drinking teacups full of oil, Dan. <laughs> exactly. So I don't know. So there's, there's ways that it can go very uh, wrong and awry. But there's also a difference between being a uh, undrafted free agent, even someone who's drafted was uh, uh, was Pierce a fourth round fourth pick, round. if I'm not fourth mistaken. So it's a very that's more different... respectable. It's yeah. it's it's it is, and so that's that's the distinguishing point I do want to make is there is a difference there. Elijah um, Mitchell was he a fifth, or was he even later? Was he like a? Seventh? I think he was a sixth, sixth rounder. Sixth okay, round sixth. Pick. So there's some difference there, and I see that. I mean, I don't want to be claiming that I'm the only one saying that uh, uh, I'm making these, drawing these parallels, because it seems to be a pretty popular one now where they're saying don't get caught with something like that. Uh, someone he always reminded me of for the longest time uh, was Chris Carson. I he's just he is such an angry like north south. I'm going to just plow through you type of running back. Chris Carson, seventh round pick, baby, and he he had the staying power that he had because he was talented. Um, it absolutely can happen. So to come back to your, your, your question there, am I okay with the selling uh, and price there? Still generally, I felt like torts, you were buying a little bit high. So it's allowed me to eat some of the costs there a little bit now. Um, but I would say I probably, of course, want a little bit more now seeing the amazing stuff that Damian Pierce has done, but I like the insulated value, uh, at least on the teams that I was selling on because I needed it for the way that I've structured some of my team there. So that's kind of my general thoughts on Damian Pierce. Um, I want to see the dude succeed though, because we were in on him <laughs> kind of well before all of this stuff here as a potential prospect. Um, but we always have had in the back of our minds this, but what if he loses his job? And that's just something I wasn't willing to see out at the time. You nailed it, Dan. I was going to save that point for last. I was going to say the irony here is, and we got tape on this for days, talking about Damian Pierce. I think we called him the model breaker at one point. Yep. So I got this wrong, Torts. 
I dragged Kenneth Walker for not producing those first two years. But on this very show, Dan and I talked about how Damian Pierce had like 500 rushing yards or less in just a weird situation in college. And we were like, if anybody that doesn't have the raw production to skyrocket to the top of boards is going to hit, it's going to be Damian Pierce. So, but Mike, uh, I'll give you some words on this because I know you also shipped Damian Pierce for what was it at 20... five first and jacoby myers yeah 25 first 25 second jacoby myers which at this rate you know man towards you got the better side of that deal man i like the strategy of going out and getting a guy that you feel like people are just misvaluing it's in dynasty you kind of got to take your shots sometimes so i feel like we max your point there with um his college situation a lot of people uh, did not Dan Mullen lost his job at Florida for a reason. So I think that the the talent is clearly there. If you just watch P- Damian Pierce for more than five minutes, you'll realize that he is a absolute beast. Um, he can catch the ball too, which is great to see. That is point towards him hopefully not being replaced. Mm-hmm. You know, the Jaguars saw that James Robinson is a fantastic rusher, and they went, "Oh, but we need this pass catching back out, out over out over here with Travis Etienne." So. Pierce has proven to be able to do it all. If the Texans have any two cents, they will realize that they they struck gold and they got a running back, one of the positions that teams don't like to invest high capital into nowadays. Just stick with him, man. He looks great, and if given the opportunity, he will definitely be a top uh, you know, 15, top 12 back for the next few years and onward, hopefully. Guys, what do you think Damian Pierce is ranked in the Dynasty rookie rankings right now for this class? What? Where does he come in? Kenneth Walker and Brees Hall are ahead of him, obviously. Who yep. Who else is ahead of him? I, are you asking, are you saying on keep trade cut, or are you just saying us to rank them on, in general? On keep trade cut. Ooh. I can't answer because I have the whole thing in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> I got I to gotta think he's number four or five. He Dan. might be in. Uh, wait, so, wait, like he's RB what of this class? No, no, no. Like in in, tor- in terms of dynasty rookie rankings, with everyone in this class, super flex. Where is Damian Pierce ranked on the dynasty rookie rankings? I don't know. You got to tell me because now he's number now four, Mike. Number great. four. Yeah. Number <laughs> so four. So he's above a lot. Is he above Olave? Is Olave? Olave is the only wide receiver above yeah. Damian Pierce right now. Yeah. Gotcha. So yeah, the people Dang. have have spoken. <laughs> I definitely think it's he was complete riser, and it's it's a little too late to buy now. So yep. <laughs> I'm gonna flip the show sheet around a little bit and cut a player. Uh, I really wanted to talk about Isaiah Pacheco just because I had this line prepared that said he runs so hard he generates Bitcoin on the field. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's a pretty good line, you right? And you still got it in. You still got it in, and we don't have to talk about Isaiah Pacheco. I got to use the line. I was I was an early Isaiah Pacheco adopter, uh, drafting him in like 14th round of startups. I I like where we're at there. Uh, I want to kind of keep on the rookie running back train, and then we'll reshuffle these players and end on a weird note. Uh, Rashad White, torts, was another guy that I think we all liked as a rookie. I was torn between him and Damian Pierce in the early second round of rookie drafts. wound up with more Rashad White than Damian Pierce, which is fine because he's kind of a rocket ship to sell right now too. I'm going through the same process just a few months later with Rashad White. I just sold him for a first and a second. It's going to be, I bought my second back, so it's going to be a high second. And I just think that is my process play 
10 times out of 10 to Dan's point, because we've still barely seen Rashad white, you know, stealing some snaps from London Fournette, great profile out of Arizona state, carrying the torch from Eno Benjamin, Mike's favorite running back. And I just think that I'm always going to sell these guys, but I do like the Rashad white profile. Talk to me a little bit about Rashad white because Lenny's banged up and we don't know what the future holds for the bucks. So where are you at on Rashad white? I got to say Rashad white is not someone I'm super high on. Oh no. Yep. I think he's all right. I, uh, I definitely think that, um, you know, he's, he's got a place in the NFL and I've seen some good things from him, but knowing, knowing that offense and the way they operate with Lenny resigned next year, I think that, uh, I, I just don't think that we're ever going to see like anything beyond like maybe top 30 production from Rashad white. I don't think he's ever going to be a top 15, top 20 guy and that's okay, but maybe, maybe I'll be wrong. If, if there's an injury to Leonard Fournette, like let's say he doesn't finish out the rest of the season, is Rashad White a league winner? He, I, he could be, yeah. I mean, he could. I wouldn't say he'll win it on his own, make maybe like 15 to 20 points a game fantasy-wise, uh, maybe more. I don't think he's as good a running back as Leonard Fournette right now, but uh, definitely like some of what he does. Um, I would say he's, he's probably like my RB my RB 30 right now for, for dynasty. I think that's fair. Hmm. So I got to look it up where he's on keep trade cut. I'm sure he's another <laughs> rocket ship at the moment. Yeah, true. Mike, what, what are your thoughts while I check into this on uh, Rashad white and his future? Cause I think you were also selling some of the yeah, hype. I was. Yeah. I got, I got some, some draft capital, um, some future first, first round draft capital in a second too. So I think at that kind of cost, that's the, that's the price that I'm willing to move off of him with the uncertainty that's kind of surrounding him right now. I don't think that there's any way that Rashad White just completely takes over as this every down workhorse when you have Leonard Fournette signed for another two years, I believe at $7 million per around that. They probably have an out after the second year, but either way, going into next year, Rashad White at the very best is going to have a, you know, a, a 60-40 split with Fournette without a Tom Brady in that offense. This is the point I was going to yeah, bring you up. Know. Thank you for saying <laughs> So not to, I won't I won't harp on it too much, but that's something that was a concern for me where if you have a chance to move on to an asset that is much more stable, just a first round pick where you can use that in trades or to just sit on it and use it later. Um, you know, I I do think to Tort's point, I I am not entirely impressed with um you know, Rashad White's three down skill set. I think that he's a great pass catching back. That's what he did best in college. Um, but I just don't I don't see him ever being like a consistent top sixteen type guy. Yes. Ask Alvin Kamara what happened after Drew Brees retired, right? Like yeah. these offenses with these Hall of Fame quarterbacks, absolutely the skyline changes in the city. It's it's completely crazy. Um Dan, I will give you any last words on Rashad White. Um, the only other thing I was looking up is he's 23 years old. Uh, January t- uh, 12th is his birthday. He's going to be 24 going into next season, too. That's and crazy. there's just like an aspect of people mentally, if they even see like 24, 25, running backs already start to be like dead in their mind. So if you're looking for someone to invest 
in it. I honestly think the year 23 is a perfect time to capitalize because there's just a weird mental shift. And whether it's warranted or not, we all believe in the running back cliff that starts to happen 26, 27, unless you're Derrick Henry and you're going to play till you're 33 and continue to be a monster. Um, Cause he, he's just like Tom Brady and the, you can't bet on the wheels falling off on Derrick Henry, but that's another story. Um, Rashad White, as soon as he turns 24, a lot of people are going to be like, ah, yeah, well, he's only got like a well, year and a half to two years left until he's 26, and then it just becomes a, a mess to sell. So if you can sell, uh, I think it's a great opportunity to do so right now. Um, I like him as the talent. As Mike, as you said, he was the highest graded um, receiver for uh, running backs in this particular class. Um, really fantastic to be able to see that, but we know their fantasy value can be capped if they're not going to be entrusted with the, the rushing work as well. All right, Torch, to get back to your original question, he is RB20 on Keep Trade Cut right now. Here's my question for you. Rashad White or Tony Pollard? Tony Pollard all day. Tony Pollard. What? Is that actually a question? He's the I mean, Tony Pollard is ahead of Najee Harris right now, and I would definitely rather have Najee Harris. So I was just – Interesting. Gut check on Tony Pollard RB sixteen right the, now on Keep they are Trade being Cut. reactionary, but he's the t- he's the running back two since week five, if I'm not mistaken, because I had to check it out right now. Tony Pollard is on fire, so whether amazing. you believe it's small sample or not, but he looks great. When is Zeke? Yeah, contract and I'm not. Up? Oh God, like they can't get out of that Zeke yeah, contract. They, can't get out of that. they literally can't get out. Of it. So you just got to bank on on some crafty trade situation or Zeke just literally being benched which is unlikely but well that's that's kind of the point i'm trying to make here right is dan's talking about how rashad white is a death sentence because he's going to be 24 soon tony pollard's 25 and a half years old and they can't get out of that z contracts you're seeing the transfer of zeke no longer being the rb1 there though it's, it's happening like tony pollard is clearly the guy they need to give more touches to like zeke can be effective with 10 touches and tony should get 15 like that's fine like keep them fresh. oh yeah it's it's Jarrow world though. They're going to give Zeke touches because he's never going to refuse. He's going to refuse to be wrong on that. But like, yeah, I'll take Najee Harris over Tony Pollard 10 times out of 10. I think Najee's a great buy low candidate. Oh, hundred percent. Absolutely. 100%. Well, now you can't do it because he just had a 30 point game or yeah. whatever he had last week. So good luck buying low now. No, we'll just wait till <laughs> keep trade cut dips them back down, buddy. That's how <laughs> yeah, all exactly. this stuff works. Shout out to the passing trade deadlines as we record this. Um, Last player, last player, boys. I can tell we're running out of gas here. Uh, this one, I I don't really own this guy anywhere. I liked him as a prospect a lot. I know Dan liked him a whole lot. Let's talk about current RB13 DeAndre Swift, Dan, because I don't know what to do with DeAndre Swift. I don't know if anybody knows what to do with DeAndre Swift. How are you feeling about your buddy Taylor DeAndre Swift these days? Yeah, it is uh it is hard because again, as we talked about from a prospect perspective, and he's he's proven like when he is fully entrusted with a workload, he can be fantastic. He gets over like 15 touches, you're getting 20 points uh easy. Like that's just how it works. It's just predicting wh- how healthy he's going to be. And now there really has been this new challenger in the mix um with giving a lot of the goal work um to 
oh my god james jamal jamal williams i was gonna say james williams jeez i am a hour an hour podcast and i do start to apparently forget some names here um but williams and again he's williams is great he's a funny guy too like he's so hard to to root against there's so many other players where i'm like stop giving the ball to him like give it to my player instead but williams is just he's, he's a good dude and he's very good at what he does as well so I am still buying. Um, I am very upset about what we've seen for this past year. But how old is Williams, by the way? I'm trying to see right now. Oh, 27. He's got to be 27. Yeah, he's 27. Say. And and Swift, to my knowledge, I believe he's still 23, going on 24. So again, starting to get to that age where he's not that that younger guy that you've always wanted to have on your kind of rebuilding team. Um, but I'm I'm still very hopeful for the future. I think you are going to see. Williams has probably played himself into an opportunity to be some great trade value for the Lions as they continue to look to invest in their youth. Um, So you very well could see him moved. And then DeAndre Swift, again, the only thing is him getting the workload. And he hasn't been getting as of recently because he is coming off of this injury. It's frustrating, right? Because once again, just Swift owners each year are like, man, if only he can get that workload, et cetera, et cetera. But each year he's continued in the battle of injury to put up some really monster numbers where you're like, man, he is really good. He just needs that full opportunity. So it stinks. I've sold him um, in one area to try and consolidate on some talent. What did you get? What did you get for him? Because I'm um, curious. I was thinking about sending some trades prior to the deadline. Well, that was actually one in, in particular that we're all in uh, over in Ballers, uh, where I sent him along with CeeDee Lamb and a quarterback, got two yeah. first rounders and Justin Jefferson back. So, right? it, was a more, so it was a more complicated trade. I was trying to parse yeah, out yeah, yeah, his yeah. one-to-one value. Uh, his one-to-one value is a little bit harder. Um, I ended up uh, buying him in another league for actually Rashad White. Um, he was part of the mix there. Let me see. And it was White and um, Christian Kirk was another one that I, I added into the mix there. So it's Christian Kirk and Rashad White for Swift and a little bit of, uh, of capital there. So that was one where I'm kind of rebuilding. They needed someone uh, who was a little bit more of a powerhouse on the wide receiver side, etc. So that's kind of what he's going rate. I think it's lower than his his previous value for sure. Uh, and, and a lot of times lower than I'm probably willing to sell. But um, I wouldn't blame you if you're selling a little bit because the future is cloudy, but I'm still on the DeAndre Swift train for better or for worse. That's that's kind of the problem I've had with him, honestly, is trying to figure out what I'm going to pay to get him. Because when you get yep. these high pedigree guys that were like the 103 in a super flex draft class or yep. something like that, he probably wasn't going that high. But you get what I mean. He was a top five draft pick a couple of years ago in rookie drafts. Like... I don't know if I want to send as much as somebody wants for that name brand of DeAndre Swift. He was banged up all the way going back to the Georgia committee days. And now he's been banged up in the NFL. Like, you know, I feel like every running back, you guys are in a lot of leagues with me. Every running back that I choose to love just dies. So I don't really want to, you know, say anything <laughs> here. for them. Yeah. But, but it's like, he feels like he's on the Rashad Penny to a lesser degree career path where it's like, yeah, when he gets the ball in his hands, he's electric, but he's just never on the field. Mike, what do you think? I I totally agree with you, Max. It's three years in a row now, and like you said, even dating back to college, where he has proven that he can't quite stay on the field. There's actually, and I don't know how much of this is due to Cam uh, Dan Campbell being just way too intense and way too like you gotta gut it out, like get on the field. But there's been rumblings, uh, you know, in the even in the preseason too, that they have doubts as to you know how. Um, 
as to his his um, durability and willingness to gut things out and stay on the field. I'm not trying to, you know, spread rumors that DeAndre Swift doesn't care about football. It's not about that, but it's more so, you know, you have a guy that never really profiled as, like, a lead, like, three-down rusher. It was much more that his catching up, the pass catching upside clearly is incredible. Uh, he's an absolute amazing playmaker, but you might never really see him get to that point where he's getting like the 15 plus carries and the eight plus targets a game to the point where he would then warrant still remaining as like a top five running back in dynasty. Cause I think he's definitely fallen out of it at this point. I just worry about his, uh, his longevity. Yeah. I mean, he's sitting right in that couple spots below Derek Hendry, but a couple spots above Tony Pollard right next to Joe Mixon. I mean, it's getting tough to value Swift towards, going to give you the final word my friend you buying swift you selling swift what are your thoughts on the future of this guy i'm trying to buy me some swift man i uh i don't know the lions with the way their offense is getting jameson williams back it, the only issue is the injuries for me i mean it's just the injuries if it if the injuries weren't what they were i mean we're probably looking at a top five back and they'd be giving him all the goal line carries because I do believe he's probably, you know, right there with Jamal Williams in terms of being a goal line back. But to save that beating on his body, if they're going to sacrifice uh, touchdowns for him, it becomes a lot tougher to justify him as as someone you spend much more than a future first on, really, is, is kind of where my head's at. I mean, what's the most you guys would give up for him, honestly, that, in terms that's... of draft capital? The line you just laid is I feel like it takes more than a future first to get him, and I, I can't do it. I really no, can't, no. you know, um, every discussion I've had, not that I had any with Dan, cause I know he has them in a lot of our leagues, but it's like anywhere it's that name value of a guy that at one point was a top five running back in dynasty. And because outside of injury, we haven't seen him fail on the field. He's still commanding more than that. Yeah. I, I, I would pay maybe a first and second, but I, it's hard. It's it's I I don't I don't think I'm quite in that area. And there's you don't there's feel good about players. It. <laughs> don't feel good about it. There's gonna be players where there's just there's always that value chasm, and it's just so hard. It's it's not neither a buyer's market or a seller's market, and I think that's kind of just where you're at with Swift right now. Yeah. But just do think like there are he who does he profile like, and there's like Austin Ecklers of the world that finally once they kind of weed through, they're sharing a backfield for a little bit. They finally get it to themselves, and Austin Eckler's doing it. 27 going on 28 if i'm not mistaken like there are ways that they can continue to have value well after this early part of their career especially if they are very very proficient pass catchers of which swift is so that's kind of my my last parting thought there i'll take us out on that torts thank you so much for coming buddy marathon show is going to take me forever to edit but uh, (laughs) obviously we are happy to be graced by your presence anytime you feel like dropping by Thanks for having me, boys. It's a pleasure as always. Kenneth Walker, RB1. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Book it. Let's have this conversation a year from now. But getting out of here for today, this is the Dynasty Dynamic. You stay classy, Dynasty Leaguers. Thanks for tuning in. Milk was a bad choice. (laughs) 